<sighs> boys, 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 we are back with another episode of A Chat with Gailey. It is me, your host, Marcus Gailey. We have a very special guest today. We have a Zoom guest all the way from the Big Apple in New York City, Andrew Bartusiak. Now, he's been tough to get on. He's like, I don't want to call him the white whale, but I think he's only been on maybe once in, oh God, maybe three years. Uh, maybe three years since we've been like formally three or four years. So he's tough to get on, was able to wrangle him for today. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in here and uh, we're going to hear what he has to say. Let's get his volume up here. The O2s. You're live, baby. You're on the show. Oh, what's up, Don? How are we doing? So, I'm paying any attention. yeah, clearly you usually aren't. Um, anyways, what I said, I said, you're not quite the white whale, but you, you haven't been on very much since, you know, moving, you're a busy guy, a lot of work. So it's an honor. It's and, all good, man. It's all good. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and I'm excited to, uh, to support the pod. Long time listener, first time caller, right? First time caller, not second time caller. We did it once. It was a uh, it was a combo pod in my basement. Is that the one that uh, Tro de- Thanksgiving? Is that the one that Tro deleted by accident? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get a phone call. Forty eight <laughs> minutes. An absolute golden pod, and we had to re-record it. Yeah. Forty eight minutes into it, just get a little ring a ding from Tro, and what do you know? Thanks, Shuts man. the whole. So that actually reminded me. I'm going to put on uh, Do Not Disturb right now. Didn't have that on. Uh, that just saved us from a potential other disaster. Fantastic call. Um, anyways, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast while we're all here. Uh, let's talk about some football. So week one in the books. The let's long it, awaited week one is in the books. Um, we always start by just going over the games from last week before we get into material for today so i always let the guest go first so go ahead just pick any game you want start there and we'll work our way through the six games from last week i'm gonna pick our uh our you know what no i'm not gonna pick your game i'm gonna i'll go with team cat versus tro here now a, a disappointing performance from Lamar Jackson and Team Cap still puts up 150. I mean, this team is absolutely terrifying. Tyree Hill is a fucking freak. Stephon Diggs is a fucking freak. Sorry for the cursing. I'll keep it PG. Um, but listen, when you have Aaron Jones, Stephon Diggs, and Tyree Hill combining for what is this, like 80 points or something, you're never going to lose, right? If they have one or two injuries, might be a different story. You've got Kareem Hunt on the bench and what is their bench total? Probably looking at it now. Their bench may have put up a total of like twenty points or something like that. So one injury in this team is uh, disaster laden. But for the time being, absolutely terrifying. And then Tro, he's going to put up one twenty to one thirty every week. He can't be disappointed in that performance. Um, Christian Kirk's going to come back and get some more points. Gotta love Bijan starting off strong. Uh, I, I foresee. Uh, sunny uh, skies ahead for for Danny Tritano going forward, but tough to catch an L week one to a to a dominant team cap. So, just looking at the scores here, I wonder what the actual percentages of wins when you have a player that scores forty points, like across all fantasy platforms. I feel like it's got to be seventy five percent. It's got to be, man. Um, I mean, Aaron Jones has been this dude that every year I'm like, oh, he's too old. He's not going to do anything. And then he just puts up like 15 to 20 a week, every week. The dude is just a a playmaker with the ball in his hands. I know he may may have gotten dinged up. I think Kren sent in a message. Yeah, it says questionable. Um, tweaked his hammy a little bit, so those can be a little bit uh, nagging, irritating. But it said he jogged off the field, so maybe he's okay. Um, 
they can't really afford to lose him this early. He's a really good flex play for them. Um, but it seems like he's going to be fine. Anyways, team cap, highest score of the week, led by Tyreek Hill, gets the dub over our favorite commissioner. Uh, moving to the next game, we'll go to my personal favorite matchup of the week, Kybe versus Timmons. Uh, double onion this week. Kybe also started a player... <laughs> Kybe also started a player who was out, which, uh, which I believe him that it was an accident, but uh, I don't know. There were some skeptics. Listen, I'll get into this later in the uh, in the pod here, but I don't know if you can trust the word out of that guy. Listen, he's not eating onions. He's starting players that are non-existent. I think that uh, Doctor Seuss was in his lineup at one point. He's dead. It's just a lot of questionable activities coming from DK. I heard uh, there's a rumor that he does not get Marvin Harrison if the onion is not eaten by Thursday kickoff. I don't know. That's just uh, oh. through the grapevine. What the, what the streets are saying. I, um, but getting into the matchup here, uh, Kybe actually wins the quarterback matchup here 15-3. to as Joe Burrow signed a fat contract and then laid a fat egg on Sunday with a whopping 3.18 points. Um, in, the matchup of, in the matchup of the running backs, Kendra Miller did not play, and Deontay, or Dante Foreman got four. Pollard with 22 and Madison with 13. Timmons gets the edge there. Receivers, um, let's see, only four from JSN, 16 from Madison, Jamar Chase with 9, Garrett Wilson with 14, Salvage by the fourth quarter touchdown. And then getting into the flex plays, I mean, this is just where it gets ugly with a capital U. Uh, you got 0 from Renfro and 1.6 from Justin Ross, 2 from Michael Gallup, eight from 8.6 from Pickens, and then 0.4 from Taysom Hill to a goose from Drake London on one target. That's just... It's not great. Listen, Timmons said it in uh, in the chat here. I don't think we're ever going to see a performance from his star players like this again, right? Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are never going to combine for 12. Um, Justin Ross was just hilarious, bullied him into that one. Um, but Pickens and London, too, combining for 8-6, I don't foresee that ever happening again. So much like Danny Trow. Uh, higher hopes for Team Timmons in, uh, in the weeks ahead. He did get the win, though. That's the one positive about his horrible week. A dub is a dub. He was able to to win a game only scoring 92 points, which is rare in this league. Um, go ahead, pick the third game. Who are we looking at next? Okay. I'm going to look at... Uh, I'm going to go Eric and Mac. And I actually want your take on this because I was debating whether or not Eric's performance in week one was a fluke or not. And I'm looking at two players specifically, Jacoby Myers and Tyler Algier. Is Jacoby Myers going to get 10 targets a game? Mm. I don't foresee that happening the entire season. Is Tyler Algier going to outpace Bijan two cutties? Probably not. The brothers starting Tyler Boyd. Okay, Nico Collins had eleven targets. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Eric is some sort of mad scientist and pulling the wool over our eyes, or he just got extremely lucky. Um. So there's a GIF or a meme, I should say, that's been circling our league for the last year and a half or so. <laughs> And it's uh, Eric's face posted onto a leprechaun because I don't know what kind of deal that man made with the devil, but the sh- the string of fantasy luck that my brother has year in and year out is is second to none. If anybody else in this league had Jacoby Myers and Tyler Algier in their starting lineup, they would have combined for nine points. Maybe. They combined for almost 60 in Eric's yeah, lineup. I don't know if, if Eric is, like, getting piped by the devil 
you know, giving him sexual favors on the week. I don't know what's going on, but there was some sort of deal that was had, call it three-ish years ago, and uh, I just it, it makes my skin crawl. It really does. Um. So I don't know if you can call it a fluke because it just keeps happening. Maybe expected, yeah, maybe expected. I mean, we yeah. both predicted him to win last week. Like, this is not surprising to me. Max, on the other yeah. hand, getting boned is very predictable because uh, he's accustomed to it. Uh, looking at his team, true. Swift touched the ball twice. He gets 1.3. Sky Moore with almost a goose egg. That brother can't catch. There's something in the water down in Kansas City. Um, Dallas Goddard gets goose-egged. Very interesting. Uh, flex plays is where it gets a little better for him. D-Hop getting 13 targets in his first game with a new team is pretty amazing. Bodes, bodes well. Yes, 13.5 he'll take. 23 from Pittman and uh, 13 from Metcalf. They both score touchdowns. Uh, he really wasn't that far off the young pace. The... Um, the Sky Moore play is what cost him because I know he was debating between Juju, which would have barely put him over 100. And Max, I will say sorry because I know you asked if you should play him, and I was like, yeah, I, w- I was reading the reading the reports and drinking the Kool-Aid. I thought he was due for a little bit of a bigger role, especially without Kelsey, and he uh, completely flopped. So, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, also, um, I, I would have started his same two running backs that he started, Swift and Williams, because um, you're not going to expect Roshan Johnson and Tyron Williams to absolutely go off on your bench. Does Max put them in in week two? Does he get a little aggressive? I don't know. Are we going to see those repeat performances? Remains to be seen. That's just uh, that's a tough look week one, having those two guys on the bench. Right. It is hard to predict. And, like, the thing is, when it's so early in the season – like, he could flop them, and then they could not see nearly the volume they saw in week one. Then it's like, well, I just took out two guys that I thought were a little bit more reliable, and it bit me in the ass again. But that's what's hard about when there's no bye weeks, like having to kind of select who you oh, put brother. in. Like, it's just uh, it's difficult, and it can lead to unfortunate events like uh, eating an onion, you know? That's tough. I love it. Great job. Five five onion videos this week. That might be a record. I think there was one week, either last year or two years ago, where it was a full half of the league young week. God. But week one, five youngs is incredible. Um, you gotta love it. Let's go ahead. Let's move on. I'll do your game. So you catch a dub here. Defeating Breezy, 124-95. to 95. Uh, Quarterback matchup, you doubled up on Josh Allen. Herbert gets 20. Josh Allen really struggled four turnovers, only with 9.04 points. Uh, the running back matchup was essentially a wash. I think Breezy barely won. 11.8 from Sanders, 9 from Jacobs, to only 6.7 from Pierce, and then um, 8.9 from Dalvin. Receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson, him in the Pittsburgh offense had a brutal day. 7.8 from him. Uh, he also got hurt in the process. He's going to miss a few games, which which hurts there. Uh, Terry only with 5. And then on your side, Waddle with 11.8. And Ridley had a big game in his first game back in a couple years, with 24. Um, and then Flex plays down here. Let's see. Um, Eckler with 26, Mike Williams with 8.5, A.J. Brown with 14.9, and you had James Cook with 10, Mostert with 13, Lockett with 3, and then the kicking matchup was a big swing. 17 for Jake Elliott to negative 2 for Graham Gunn. That's a 19-point difference, and you won by you won by 30. So that, that. that gave you that nice little cushion there. That. Yeah, kickers are unpredictable, yeah. man. Minus 2 is, is pretty rough. It's not good, and like if Josh Allen actually is Josh Allen in that game, and the kickers are more even, Breezy could have had a dub easily. Yeah, well, uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, he's my rival, so I hope yeah, he, en- he enjoyed that. Hope he enjoys his L this this week in the young <laughs> the young juice. 
Now that I just said that live on my podcast, I'm probably going to get onion next week, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I got onioned week one uh, last year, and I avoided it this year, so that's a win for me in my eyes. Um, really, you got a you had a streak last year of like two or three in a row. It was four. You were just down. It was four. So four in a row. So bad. Yeah, that was no fun. I had no fun last year at all. Zero. <laughs> Zero fun. Um, uh, speaking of me, I'll, I'll transition. Yeah, here. yeah, I'll go over to your game. I'm going to focus on the positives on the right side of the screen here. You gotta love AR fifteen coming out of the gate, just slinging it. I mean, he may got a little hurt at the end of the game, but he looks like the complete package, dude. Outside of the interception, twenty four or thirty seven for two thirty three a tutty. He rushes for a touchdown, looks good with his legs. A lot of positives. It was a ple- it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I'll say that. Indeed. Indeed it was. Um and then dude, like I think your your superstars are putting up decent numbers week one. I'm I'm expecting them to put up more. Naja's never gonna put up five point three again. You expect a little bit more out of Debo, Mixon and Mike Thomas, but there's there's some promise to be had on uh, on the right side of my screen here. You've got a lot of seeing Cortland Sutton getting back into it, getting a tutty with uh uh Judy out. And then uh Jordan Love on the bench, little, little bright spot there. Um I, I think there's some promise, but you unfortunately ran into the absolute buzzsaw that is Aaron Cunningham's team. Um, I'll tell you what, it's hard for me looking at his starting lineup to to poke a ton of holes in it, if I'm being completely honest. Bench, eh, I don't know. But you look at that starting lineup without uh, Kelsey because he traded him away. I mean, dear Lord, it's going to be tough to beat this guy. He might, uh, I I don't want to call it early, could be uh, another championship run for Mr. Aaron here. I think I agree. He's definitely, especially with McCaffrey healthy. I mean that dude. Mm-hmm. Is, that dude is incredible. A lot of uh, Amari can put up twenty a game easy. Ayuk's a freak. Yeah, it would also have helped yeah, if yeah. the Steelers secondary, you know, covered him. But that's right. Yeah, he's we're a, absolutely. But he's a very good player. Yeah, he's a very good player. AC's a force to be reckoned with, man. I'll tell you that. Absolute force, dude. Absolute force. You want to take us home with uh, Dump on that? Yeah, so the Dumpies get in the win column. Uh, really nice performance from them. Uh, 138 to 86, they get a win over the newbies, Dan and Yubi. Uh, going into the matchup here, quarterbacks pretty much a wash. Kirk with 16.5, Fields with 14.5. Uh, Bears struggled. They really did. I thought they were going to win. I took them as one of my spreads last week, but uh, looks like New Year's, same shit from the Chicago offense. Uh, going to the running backs here. Uh, Kenneth Walker with 10, Barkley from 9, and then Nick Chubb with 16, and ETM with 21. Big uh, big advantage to the dumpies there. Um, going to the receivers, Devontae Adams, 12.6. T. Higgins with a goose egg on eight targets is absolutely brutal. But then again, uh, the whole Bengals offense really sucked. Yeah. Um, and then over here, Justin Jefferson with 24. St. Brown with 19. Big addition from them in the offseason. Uh, tight ends. Hawkinson with 11.5 was the highest tight end score of the week in the starting lineup. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half was the highest any tight end score that was started out of twelve. That's terrible. Um, I'll tell you what. If you're, uh, if you're, what are they called again? The, oh, I don't even want to say it. The Grizzly Guzzlers. Um, <laughs> you gotta love the Brees Hall. Brees Hall popping back. Looks like he didn't miss a step. He looked very good. Um, I think they were. Cognizant of how much they were going to use him, he touched the ball 10 times, which is about right, but he just made the most of it. He had an 83-yard run. So, yeah, he, he, he looks like a dog still. Um, we got to like that on the bench, but I think they'll bounce back. It looks like uh, the new the newcomers were christened by the young, and I'm going to say it looks like both of them enjoyed it. I don't know if they're, they're sadists or masochists or whatever they are, but I think both of them kind of liked it. 
I can tell you that Yubi probably did enjoy it. I don't think Dan enjoyed it. I think he played it off well. That's my take. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but nonetheless, that wraps up the games for this week. Let's go ahead and look at the current standings. So, in the Bold Move Cotton Division, it is led by none other than Eric Wharton at 1-0. And Tro, Breezy, and Kybe following at 0-1. The Mutt Division, very good division. Uh, AC at 1-0, followed by yourself and Timmons at 1-0, and then the Glizzy Guzzlers at 0-1. And the Brohio Division, you got Team Cap up top at 1-0, followed by the Dumpies at 1-0, and myself at 0-1, and then Max at 0-1. So let's transition here. Uh, no power rankings this week. If you guys remember from last year, we do them every other week just to get a little bit more of a sample size before I adjust them. Um, so we're going to do a segment right now. It's called the panic button. So week one was very wild and unpredictable as always. So some shocking performances, I should say, from a lot of players who we were pretty high on coming into the season. So twos. I have a list of players here. I'm going to ask you one by one. Um, is it time to panic on these players? Yes or no? And then we'll hear what you have to say, and then I'll give my two cents as well. So the first player on the board is Falcons wide receiver Drake London. He was a top 10 pick a year ago. Top 10 pick a year ago, struggled a little bit with Mariota. Numbers improved down the stretch with Desmond Ritter. Uh, they drafted Bijan Robinson seventh overall this year. And they come into the opening game of the season, and he has zero catches on only one target. Is it time to panic on Drake London? I'm not slamming my hand on the button, but I'm hovering over it, okay? As Timmons has said over and over again, Arthur Smith is an absolute clown that doesn't know how to utilize athletes on the field. Um, And Ritter looks awful. I think they're going to keep bumping it down to Bijan the rest of the season. Uh, I would love to see the passing game get going, but week two, I see another performance like that, I'm slamming the button. I'm, I'm, I'm holding my hand over it. I think that's fair. Um, I think I'm pressing it because I've seen enough of Arthur. I have a big enough sample size of Arthur Smith and I don't think Desmond Ritter is very good. And those two factors alone would worry me a lot to have him. I'm not saying... And I can't disagree with you. I'm not saying he's not a good player because he is and he has all the all the tools and the skill set to be a very good wide receiver in the NFL. But his situation is just less than ideal from a fantasy standpoint. Who are the other, who are the other wide outs? Uh, bring back Alameda Zacchaeus. Bring back that guy. That is my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Russell Gage, bring him back. He's a playmaker. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm not high on him, and that's unfortunate because I drafted him in some other leagues. Oh geez, yeah. I I stayed away from him for the Arthur Smith factor, and week one did not prove me wrong. Um, okay, next player. Now this one hits a little bit close to home. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. Last year, did not have a game where he threw two touchdowns. Off-season, he had a full off-season, full off-season with the first-teamers, had five drives in the preseason, five touchdowns. High Hopes were high. I think he made everyone a believer. And then he comes into week one and looks no better than last year, probably plays his worst game ever, and lays an absolute egg. Is it time to panic? Yes or no? I don't. Th- I, I don't think so. Couple reasons. One, Canada abandoned the run way too early. Couldn't establish the run, so Kenny's left back there. They know that they're passing. They're dropping um, into pass coverage every time once we're snapping because we know they know that we're going to throw it. Deontay gets hurt, eliminates a huge target for him. Um, and let's not forget, it's against one of the best defenses in the entire league, if not the best. Uh, I think Kenny has a huge bounce back week, week two. I think we get the run game going a little bit. Naj gets working, and the picket to pickens connection, which looked fantastic at the end of last and the, uh, all of preseason, 
I think it gets going. I have faith in Kenny still. I'm not pressing the button. I think I'm there with you. Um, it definitely did not give me encouragement what I saw on Sunday. I do acknowledge that San Francisco has an incredible defense, but if you're someone, if you're a team who has playoff hopes, you can't lose, you can't look that poorly at home in a one o'clock game to a West Coast team. It's 10 a.m. their time. Like, you got to at least, I mean, if they didn't, if they didn't have that two minute drive at the end of the first half, like, they might have had the worst performance in the NFL other than the Giants. Um, but I agree. I, I'm not ready to fully press it yet, but I mean, I need to see a lot in these next few games to make me a believer. Cause if he has another year, like he did last year, like in his second full season, I'm definitely going to be worried. I hear you. Can you still hear me by the way? You went out for a second there on me. Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, the one bright spot I'll say is like, he was 31 of 46 which isn't fantastic, but it's not horrible. He threw a tutty, he threw for 230. It could have been worse. He could have been Daniel Jones. That That is true, or Joe Burrow, for that matter. Or Joe Burrow. Um, Joe mo- Burrow. Moving on. Uh, running back on the Los Angeles Rams, Cam Akers, suffered an Achilles tear, <clears throat> suffered an Achilles tear his second season, missed the whole season, came back last year, wasn't playing a lot, requested a trade, healthy scratch for two weeks, came back from week, I think, nine on, finished as RB5. He had three straight 100-yard games to end the season. Opens up week one, uh, gets massively outshined by Kyron Williams, gets 22 carries for only 29 yards. Is it time to panic? I unfortunately think it is probably time to panic. Um, it is unclear to me what his relationship is with the Rams, with McVay. Maybe he's got some weird thing going on with his wife. I don't know. Um, but 35% that percentage, and people are saying that Kyron Williams is like the best pickup on the waiver wire in some leagues. I'd be super nervous. I know it hits uh, relatively close to home. You're, uh, did you trade him? Or you haven't? Oh, you haven't currently. Mm-hmm. I know it hits close to home. You probably don't want to hear this. I'm, I'm hitting the panic button on Cam Akers. I have no faith in uh, in McVay's faith in him. Yeah, I'm hitting it too. I'm uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's dead to me. Like I'm still gonna still gonna play him certain weeks just because he will get some volume and he's one of two backs that they're gonna play. Um, so like from a fantasy standpoint, like it. He's a body to throw in there if you need him, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much he, I'm pretty much you done. Take him upstate, and, yeah. You just gotta release him to pasture. And just let him let him go. Just say you're free. Just let him walk. Frolic. Go be free. Um, I don't know how much frolicking he can do given his injury history, but probably not much. He can't run the ball. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> all right, moving to another player who. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. Canarius Tony, wide receiver for the Chiefs. Is it time to panic? <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm doing with that. I am uh, I'm going to my local hardware store, renting a sledgehammer and swinging <laughs> it as hard as humanly possible on the panic button. I mean, that guy's an absolute clown show. <laughs> we all saw the game. He's an absolute clown show, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's any more that has to be said. What sucks is I was actually really high on him coming out of the draft. So was I. He was really good at Florida, and he got picked by the Giants, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't really want him at all. Like he's on the Giants, and then then he got traded, and I was like, huh, like maybe they'll use him decently, and then like, Buddy just had. The worst case of the Butterfingers I've ever seen on national television. What's really sad is if he caught those three passes, he actually would have had a, a very solid day. And they probably, probably would have, like, they probably probably would have like won. Three catches like 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a shame. That one that hit him right in the chest and somehow ended up being a pick, <laughs> a pick six was just preposterous. Pure comedy. Um. Okay. One more player here. 
very good player, was once owned by you and I in Dynasty. He is due for a contract extension that will most likely not be done and throws up an absolute goose egg. Zero catches on eight targets in week one. T. Higgins, what are your thoughts? I'm not pressing it. I have faith in him. We both had him. He's a hell of a player. I said at the the beginning with Timmons' team, he's never... Burrow's never going to have a week like that the rest of the season. It was rain versus a decent Browns defense. He was off his game. I uh, I think he is, first of all, he got the target, right? It's not like he had zero catches on zero targets, in which case I might be freaking out. Eight targets in the rain. He's an athlete. He's going to be fine. Yeah, I agree with you. He's a really good player. I don't think the contract situation is going to loom very large. I think... Just the whole Bengals offense struggled to get on the same page. We know Burrow missed a lot of time in camp with his calf injury. Um, I actually expect him to have a nice bounce back week this week against the Ravens at home. I wouldn't be surprised. Season, yeah, I wouldn't be good surprised if they, if they look to him early and often, uh, try to get his confidence back after uh, no catches in week one. So, yeah, I'm not panicking on him at all. Um, all right, let's move to our next segment here. Uh, biggest pleasant surprises of week one. Uh, I'll still, I'll go first. So I kind of lumped them together. Uh, the ACL boys, Javante Williams and Brees Hall. I, so I wrote, I told you guys, I wrote that article, um, my injury analysis. And these were two of the players I talked about. I said, just because of the kind of players they are, Brees for one, just how explosive he was before the injury and Javante, because he doesn't mess around that much with lateral cuts. He's more of a straight-line runner. I did not think they would be super affected, and you could be pretty confident in them. Uh, but I wasn't expecting them to look this good probably until, like, week three or four. Um, great, man. They, so they both looked very good. So they were a pleasant surprise for me, week one. All right, I'll follow up with another running back. Not Bijan, but Brian Robinson. After brother gets shot in the leg, comes back, and I want to make sure I get this right, puts up what? Uh, A tutty, 13 rushes for 48 yards, two catches for 10 yards, puts up a decent decent week one. Yeah. Sorry, 19 carries after brother got shot. Oh, yeah. He's going to get volume for sure. uh, He's going to get volume, man. He's a pretty... He's not, like, he doesn't do anything fantastically. He's just a strong runner, and he makes the most of his opportunities. I'd say Josh Jacobs. I'd say Josh Jacobs, just straight, downhill, strong, fast. Yep. Probably a little bit slower than him, but I agree. I think yeah. I think he'll have a decent I think he'll have a decent year this year for Washington. 1, 2, 30. Yeah, he's a big dude. Sounds like my ex-wife. Oh, oh, okay. Uh... Couple receivers I have here. Uh, one of my favorites because he's back until about week five. Michael Thomas, pretty solid week one. Five catches, 60, 60 some yards. He had a nice twenty-five yard catch down the sideline. He had eight targets. Uh, pretty good, pretty good opening game for him with a new quarterback. And then also uh, Rams rookie receiver Puka. Don't really know how to say his last name. Nacal. Nacal. I don't think it's that. Don't think it's that. Um, yeah, f- 15 targets. Huge performance from him. Uh, I think Tro, seeing that week one, he's probably very highly encouraged and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him in the starting lineup in week two. I'll go with uh, a wide out here that was on my team, now is on yours. I just wanted to succeed for a while here. Portland Sutton. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for him to get back into the rhythm of things. Injury, followed by signing of Judy, and then they have, you know, Russell Wilson come in. He's disappointing. He gets in the end zone. He has four receptions, 32 yards. So what? He played 86% of snaps. Good to see him healthy back in the mix. I agree. It was nice to see him score after, I think he only had two touchdowns all of last year. So, um, yeah, yeah, nice to see him score week one. Uh, now, the other side of the coin here, biggest disappointments in week one. I'll start it off. Uh, the entire Bengals offense, three points, 82 passing yards out of Joe Burrow. 
No catches out of T. Higgins. Five catches for a pedestrian 39 yards out of Jamar Chase. I mean, that was just an absolute dumpster fire of an offensive performance. Yeah, I'll follow that up with another superstar that should have done really well and absolutely shot the bed, Josh Allen. I mean, he single-handedly lost that game to an Aaron Rodgers-less Jets organization. Three picks to one guy, a fumble. He looked awful, beyond terrible. Thank you, by the way, Josh, for giving Breezy a young and me a win. <laughs> uh, but he looked beyond horrible. Yeah, that was... Uh, he just looked off all night. I said this in the chat. His release looked different. I don't really... He looked like he was... He's spending too much time with, uh, with his new lady. Well, perhaps, but we'll never know the truth. Uh, another player, another quarterback, signed a big contract this offseason. Daniel Jones losing 40-0 to zero at home to a divisional rival. Now, they won a playoff game last year. His most recent game he played, they lost 38-7. to seven, And for some reason, I guess that earned him an $80 million contract. Comes out here week one. And loses forty to zero. So his last two starts, his team has lost seventy eight to seven. I'll I'll will re- repeat that again. His last two starts, he his team has lost seventy eight to seven. Oh God! He stinks. He stinks. That's just putrid. What else you got for me? I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, uh, a guy on the Chiefs again, not Kadarius Tony, but Sky Moore. A lot of hype coming in. Tyreek is gone. You're supposed to be new, Tyreek. You're targeted three times. You don't have a single catch. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. With no like Travis Kelsey. First round, first Keep round draft pick. And no Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Again, by the way, not like the... Eller Lions defense or anything like that. It's not like you were being locked down by a uh, hot five corner. Right. Um, so very disappointing from Skymore. Uh, I got one more player for you. Um, someone, I'm not going to name any names, someone in our league said this player is the next Travis Kelsey. Uh, Isaiah likely mm-hmm. found himself in the starting mm-hmm. role due to okay. Mark Andrews' injury, and he had one catch for four yards. So... Uh, if that's not disappointing, I don't know what is. And not to uh, belabor the uh, the Chiefs too much, more of a, a shot at one of our members of the league. You got to be disappointed in Justin Ross. You can't be happy with that performance. A lot of hype, a lot of videos, a lot of talk coming into the season. Justin Ross going to be the next big thing. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, he also he also didn't play that much. So, I mean, that was obviously part of it. Is, is that not an indication? Yeah, I don't know. I, it could be. I mean, I can't... After that performance from Tony and, and Moore, you would think he's going to play more in week two. But if Travis Kelsey's back, I could see Mahomes just saying, all right, you know what? You guys had your chance. You stunk. I'm throwing to Travis Kelsey 25 times. I have one final disappointment. It's more of an expected disappointment, but Kybe, what are we doing? <laughs> you, dude, you put... <laughs> I was expecting you to say an NFL player, and I just hear, Kybe. <laughs> Vibe. I mean... Uh, I don't know what he's doing out here, Ted. He's tanking he's, ethically. He's in San Diego. He's... You know, hanging out with the beach bums, not setting his line up, smoking hookah. I don't know what he's doing, but it's not commitment is what it is. Yeah, 52, that might be a record, 52 points or 58, yeah. whatever hey, he had. Joke's on us, though, because he, he is a champion. Yep, I would I would gladly eat an onion every week if I got a title yep. in this league. So, so joke's on all joke's of us. Really on us. Uh, moving, moving to our new weekly segment now. Spread it out, spread it out. We're gonna pick three NFL spreads, and uh, I will say, I did go zero three last week, but we can only go up from here, you know. Amen. So positivity. 
Let's start it off. I got Cincy minus three at home against the Ravens. I think they're bounce. Mm. I think they're bouncing back. I think the weakest part of the Ravens' entire team is their secondary, and I think Joe Burrow's going to light them up. So I'm taking the Bengals in the points at home. I I was cautious of picking that one just because of how bad their performance was. I almost did, but I stayed away from it. Actually, I really like the pick. I'm going to follow that up. I like Chargers minus three at Tennessee. Okay. Put up a great offensive performance against Miami last week. Tennessee offense outside of Hopkins. I don't see a whole lot there. Henry was fine, but I don't have faith in Tannehill. Herbert looks great. Uh, I think I think they win by more than three. I think it's a bounce back week off of a tough loss. I too looked at that one, um, but it was not one of the ones I picked. But I do think they'll probably cover. I don't think Tennessee is anything special. Um, okay, moving to my next one. I'm actually going to take the Commanders plus three and a half at Denver. Um, mm-hmm. Sean Payton's there now. Was expecting to see more out of Russ week one, and he really just looked like Russ of 2022. Um, Commanders have a pretty scrappy defense. I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. And uh, I think they could squeak one out. They might even win outright like Vegas did. But um, I think I could see them keeping it within a field goal. So I'll take them plus three and a half. Okay. I'm similarly going to pick a team to cover here. I'm taking the Pats two and a half at home versus the Dolphins. They showed week one that they could hang with a high-powered offense in the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl contenders, Philadelphia Eagles, only losing by five. I think Bill dials up some nasty schemes to keep Tyreek at bay and Tua pressured. I don't know if they win, uh, but I think it's very close. I like them two and a half. All right. Uh, that, those divisional games, lines are always tough for those because you, you really just don't know what's going to happen. don't know. Um, so speaking of Philly, I am taking them as my last one to cover six and a half at home against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings' defense is is pretty poor. They lost some starters from last year, and it gave up a lot of points to begin with. Philly at home in prime time last year, uh, I think it was week two actually. Minnesota played Philly on a Monday night uh, prime time, and Kirk really struggled, and Philly rolled. I think they won by like thirty. Um, I don't foresee a much different outcome this year. I think Philly covers six and a half, wins by at least a touchdown. Got it. This last one's a little controversial, a little controversy, okay? I'm taking the Jets to cover plus nine and a half versus the Cowboys, okay? The Cowboys last week put up 40 against a terrible terrible Giants defense, okay? It was raining, the whole thing. Jets defense looked beyond fantastic. Zach Wilson's not going to do much, but they've proven they can run the ball. They have a decent O-line taking the Jets. Salah, great coach, like the Jets. Yeah, that's a lot of points for a team that has a a good of a defense as the Jets do. A lot of points. The Cowboys scored 40, but the quarterback didn't really do a whole lot. And, uh, I mean, I could see him struggling a little bit against the Jets. So, that is nine and a half is a lot for an NFL game. Um, That's a ton for an NFL game. So, I don't hate that play. I don't hate it. Um, There you have it. Max will keep tabs. Uh, Right now, the guests are up because I did not win a game. And I think Dan won one last week. So, uh, moving to the last piece of the show today. Uh, we will preview the matchups for this week and predict our winners. So, uh, oh, right. let me find this on Sleeper. Here we go. So, week two, let's start with uh, just we'll just go in order. I am playing the Dumpy Boys, and they're projected to win right now 126 to 114. I don't know if either lineup is fully finalized yet, I don't think mine is quite yet. Um, but I'm going to pick them. This matchup is a lot closer than the projections indicate. Like, yes, 
they're projected to win by a little bit, and a lot of that is because they're projecting Justin Jefferson to have 19 versus Debo with 13. But Debo could easily have the same amount of points, if not more, than Justin, depending on what the week is. I think it's a lot closer. I'm going to pick Gailey. Wow. I'm going to pick Zinn uh, for breakfast to come back here. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, the thing that makes me the most nervous is Nick Chubb playing the Steelers without Cam Hayward. Um, he always mercs the Steelers anyways, so he's probably going to have 100 yards. It's just a matter of if he scores or not. Like, I could easily see him dropping 29, 30 points on the Steelers. Uh, but who knows? The, again, those divisional games are always uh, always tight in the AFC North. So, All right, we're split on that one. We're split on that one. Let's go to the next game. Uh, Kybe versus the Glizzy Guzzlers. Uh, Kybe is projected 75. And the new- just whoever team is playing Kybe is going to win. Kybe does have Deuce Vaughn in the lineup this week. <laughs> <laughs> Could drop a 40 bomb. Could drop a 40. You don't know. Oh, my God. I almost want to, like, Give him a couple players so he like has someone to put yeah, in. This is like a charity case. I mean, he'll probably beat my ass, but shit. Jesus. Yeah, I our, really hope that he loses out on Marvin. There's no. He's so funny. How? Don't know. I truly don't know. If he could, if he sets a lineup and eats a yun before Friday, we'll see. Otherwise, hell's gonna rain down. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, so we're both on the Glizzy Guzzlers there. Uh, moving to the next matchup. This could be interesting. We got the commissioner, Dana Tricano, playing Eric Wharton. Oh, this could be interesting. Eric Wharton Very here. Interesting. So I'm going to go a little bit more in depth here. Um, Keep in mind Dobbins is out. Dobbins is out, so Tro will probably elevate Brian Robinson if I had to guess to that spot yep. there. Yeah. Um, or he'll just move Bijan and maybe put like a receiver in. I don't really know. Maybe he'll put Puka yeah, in, Robinson. or he'll put Puka in and just move Bijan. Yeah. So, um, think for Eric is a is he going to get a repeat performance from Tyler Algier, and B, how much does Jameer Gibbs play? Because if he handles a full right. load, we could easily see him upwards of twenty to thirty points. Load. If they limit his snaps again. Maybe not. Maybe he ends up with eight or nine. He's going to be a key factor in this game. Um, oh, God. Uh, I think I'm going to... underestimate Eric's voodoo magic. That's what I'm... Oh, my God, I know. Uh, Jesus. I think... Uh, I think I'm going to pick Tro. I think I'm going to say Tro by, like, like 8 to 10. He just has more guys that I trust. Five to 115, more consistency. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're picking against the Clowns, which means he'll be 2-0. and Okay, moving to the next game. We got the sellouts. Connor Brennan against Hammy and Kamara. Uh, Connor projected to win 142-115. to 115. Oh, looking at the matchup here, Max is still rolling with Swift and Jamal Williams versus Eckler and Jacobs. Uh, Brown, Mike Williams, D-Hop, and Dotson. This could also be a little interesting too, but if Travis Kelsey plays, I don't know if he's going to. Says he could play. Hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Who's he going to start at tight end if he doesn't? Probably Njoku. Njoku, yeah. I think Brennan bounces back. I think that was a tough week for him this week, getting young. I think Josh Allen rebounds. I actually think he went pretty handedly over Harold this week. I, too, am going to lean breezy. I think he eclipses the 100-point mark. And Max is just generally an unlucky fellow in this league. So more often than not, I'll probably pick against him just because his track record tells us that uh, (laughs) he's not going to have the uh, fantasy football gods on his side. 
So I, too, am going to pick Breezy this week. All right, two more games. Uh, we got you against the reigning champ, King Cunny. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna preempt this. I think I'm gonna get clapped. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I think, I think CMC is gonna clap me uh, with no remorse. Um, and then you have the flex matchup of Moster versus Devonta Smith, and I just don't foresee this one going well. Maybe I'll start to do and hope. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I'm probably going to lean him as well. I just played him last week. I saw what his team is capable of. Um, it's just going to be it's just going to be hard to pick against him moving forward. So the last one here. Oh my god, the matchup of the week. Timmins versus Team Cat. Is that certified? The certified matchup of the week. Oh, it has to be. Timmins definitely already has four hype videos planned for this. I'd love to see uh, Timmons versus Team Cat make a bet on this game. Um, I'll, give Timmons, I'll give Timmons. Right now, he's projected 145 to 125. I will say I'm setting the line at Timmons plus 12 and a half. 12 and a half? At minus 110. Um, God, I, uh, hmm. I would really enjoy it if Timmons beat them. And I think I would pick him had Aaron Rodgers not sauced his Achilles. But I just don't, don't know how Garrett Wilson's ceiling is now. I don't even know if Christian Watson's going to play. Yeah, Drake London is now out of the starting lineup after the goose. Um, oh boy. Yeah, I I think I'm going to pick Team Cap. Yeah, it's hard to pick against. It's AC and them, when you see those projections every week, I know we're not supposed to look at them, but good lord. Yeah, it's, I agree. It, it is tough to pick against them, and though it would be great for content if Timmons did pull out the win... I don't know. I think 12 and a half might even be generous. I want Timmons to just go ape shit and, and talk as much shit as humanly possible leading up until Thursday night. Oh, well, he's got a day and a half to do it, so we'll see what happens. But um, that wraps... Uh, that's my challenge to you, Timmons. There you have it. Call out on the pod. Timmons, talk as much noise as you can between now and kickoff on Thursday. That wraps up the show today. Twos? It's a pleasure having you on. Godspeed. All right, boys. Uh, Good luck this week, and we'll talk to you next week.